everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast mid-launch edition. Yes, we're well, actually not even the middle. One third launch edition. We have had three car launches so far. We've had Haas, we've had Red Bull, and we, of course, have had Aston Martin. And we thought we'd just talk about what we've learned so far and dive into some beautiful knowledge with my two guests. Not guests, family. Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 uh-huh. founder. And I always wish that you're going to take that guitar off the wall and start <laughs> ripping or repping or whatever the hell. Riffing. There you go. That's the one. And, uh, and Katie Fairman. I... That plant's looking a bit more healthy now. I feel like you've given it more. I've watered light. it since last yeah. week because I, I got say, so upset that it looked a bit dead that I've got plant food for it and I've watered it. <laughs> you actually went and got plant food. That's incredible. So we're saving the plants on this podcast um, due to my observations of your plants. Uh, don't look at my plants in my living room. They are they're struggling as well. Right before we dive into some car launches, um, just wanted to let you know again about the WTF1 Clubhouse. So, of course, last year we did our amazing camping experience at Silverstone, uh, where myself, Tom and Katie uh, camped with loads of you. Uh, We had amazing entertainment. We had a bar. We had food. We had entertainment times two, like pub quizzes and like loads of things. There was loads of things going on. And it's bigger and better this year. Three, four times bigger, I'm hearing. The rumours on the grapevine. Um, and, and there is a, actually a, a trailer as well that you can watch if you don't know what you're, you get, you're signing up for. So it's very exciting. Uh, go to wtf1.com forward slash clubhouse. Is that correct? It is. I always Indeed. ask if it's correct. And it always is correct. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so go check that out. Uh, because Silverstone have actually also released some new tickets uh, for the 2022 British Grand Prix. How have they actually done that? Have they built another grandstand or have they or have they just let more people in? Like what, what's the what's the thinking there? I don't actually know. Cool. Maybe more good, general good more general admission. Good chat. Everyone's come for car launches. So maybe maybe maybe, maybe, it, maybe, they've, maybe they've extended the, the circuit yeah. by like seven meters or seven kilometers. Meters, that would be very much. I was like, you're going to get like two extra people in. <laughs> be like a tenth of a second. is a tenth of a second longer this year. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that was great insight. Right, let's move on to Aston Martin that happened today as of recording. Um, first thoughts. So I'm going to start with my first thoughts. And my first thoughts is, God damn! I, I, when it was first launched, I was like, oh, I was, I was a bit concerned because I couldn't quite in my mind's eye think of what the Aston Martin green looked last time, like the base colour. And I was concerned again that they, it might not reflect well. But now that I've seen a side by side, it looks much more promising, a lot more vibrant. And the beautiful lime green strokes are just. Mwah! And uh, yeah, big fan, big fan of it. I think it looks definitely the best so far. Not that that's hard to beat from a control C, control V. Uh, livery oh. and then Haas that have Tommy's going to be rattled. Tommy's, Tommy's triggered. Tommy's triggered. Um, but no, definitely, I think that will be probably the the sexiest car on the grid uh, come the end of the car launches. Interesting point because, like you said, we have still got seven more to go. Um, but yeah, the the look of it is really nice. I love the lime green. I wish there was more of it. I really do. But I'll take what I can. It's better than the pink. Um, but yeah, just in terms of the general design of the car as well, like. I've been pretty skeptical of these 2022 cars. I don't know why. Maybe I just like the nostalgic look of the old cars. I know Tommy has the complete polar opposite opinion to me. He is so glad to see the back of the old cars. But I don't know. I just, I kind of miss them. But then I saw the Aston today and it was like a switch had been flicked. And I'm like, yeah, okay. If they're all like this, well, aside from that, the Red Bull could still look different by the time it gets to Barcelona testing because it was effectively a show car that they put on. But if the other cars look more like the Aston, then 
I'm on board. I'm on the hype train. Choo choo. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I, a lot of people were on the Aston hype train last year. I very much was not. I thought it was extremely overrated. And yeah, we said, didn't we, that it wasn't going to look very good on track. And that proved to be the point. This one, oh my days, I agree with you guys. It's, it's pretty much perfect for me. I think it's, it's so good. It's probably the best, uh, you know, however much it pains me to say it, it's better than the Red Bull livery. It might even be the best livery we've seen in years, maybe since Vodafone McLaren. It wow. is so good. I love it. It's wow. the, the, uh, I noticed you were talking about the green actually a lot on the, on the stream saying if it would relate. Um, I've noticed, yeah, it's much more, it's much more greeny green rather than the bluey green that they had. And also I noticed that it's more matte, so it should in theory not look so black when it's uh, like the gloss does, um, should pop a lot more. And yeah, the, just having the AMR green on there, even though I did like the pink and I've been a fan of BWT liveries, the AMR green is just so nice. And yeah, it's, it's such a great looking car. And like Katie said, I'm just, I'm loving the look of the 2022 cars. Now I've seen the old cars. They look so boxy and awkward and weird already, just seeing them side by side to me. Um, and yeah, I just, I just think it's an absolutely awesome looking car. It was funny because I was watching your watch along stream and it was, it was pretty much like my exact thoughts of like you might just going like, Oh my God, this just looks better and better every time I see it. And like I say, just, it just looked awesome. I absolutely love it. It's so good. As you can tell, Tommy is an incredibly <laughs> passionate man when it comes to liveries. He not only does his own little livery live streams on his YouTube channel, but he also just like it's just the minute he closes his eyes, it's like he's opening up the Gran Turismo uh, livery editor and he'll just go to bed and he'll have eight hours of just editing in his head. It's lovely. Um, but, yeah. you know, you know, when Tommy loves a livery, you know, they've done it. They've done it well. So because last year. Williams made the worst livery he's ever seen. Uh, and yeah. we now go to, you love the headlines that you like last year. That's the, most, <laughs> the worst thing I've ever seen this year. This might be the best thing I've seen in years. And, mm. uh, you know, Tommy is a veteran of Formula One. He's seen many a livery. So there you go. That's our first thoughts. Uh, way, of, way of calling him old. <laughs> yeah. Our, yeah but I'm allowed to call him old when he looks young, like when he looks like, you know, that's true. Could still be like going to do his A levels. Uh, next question is Lee underscore. Speaking Pyram. of looking young, <laughs> uh, what is Seb's hair restoration routine? Asking for a friend. Yeah, Seb was looking. Seb was. He, he looked like twenty-one years old. Not even. Not even joking. Like genuinely, he looked like he was having his first season in Formula One, and he he looked refreshed. Good old Seb. I hope the car matches what he's able to do in it. Of course, we did have a couple of glimpses of, of brilliance last year for Seb, but generally speaking, Aston Martin were, were poor last year in terms of their overall performance. Uh, we hope that the only thing we, well, we, we hope that, wait, the only thing, no, I hope that we can speak more <laughs> than <laughs> just Seb's hair when it comes to Aston Martin next year. There you go. That was yeah. this year, actually. Yeah, I'm sure that when it gets to the racing they won't care that Sebastian Vettel looks great and the livery looks great. Um, yeah, they just want to be want to be quick. But I thought the same actually. Yeah, Vettel's looking revitalizing himself and looking really good. Um, 
Lance Stroll, as usual, didn't look like he didn't want to be there, but Sorry, that's his personality. <laughs> like, literally, that, that, we, me and Katie were saying on the watch log as well, we were like, like, Lawrence Stroll could look like he could talk for, you know, for hours. If he had a teleprompter with the words on it, he could talk for hours. And then Lance Stroll is like, I am really excited. That's so... That's yeah, so excited. You're like, you have to, you have to say it with your face as well, Lance, because otherwise people don't believe Lance. you. <laughs> yeah, no, Seb Vettel, that man is glowing, right? We saw him, a little glimpse of him at the Race of Champions last weekend. You could see that after the winter break, you know, he had a sort of shaggy hair going on and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, he's just looking back to like his younger days, like pre Red Bull almost. Um, so hopefully we can expect good things in the car if he's maybe radiating See, look, you can't, his confidence. You can't get your words out either about it. I don't know what it is. Seb's hair is just... <laughs> it's just, it's knocks the, the wind out of me. I'm so shocked to see it's it. It's the Ferrari <laughs> pressure. It's like, yeah, went to Ferrari, sort of had the, the pressure glow down and then the glow up from leaving. Yeah, Just the, the what, pressure of being a Ferrari driver. That's what Ferrari can do to you. It either mm. makes you or breaks you. Um, but yeah, it is good to see uh, Seb looking good, and uh, let's see, let's see what happens for him uh, this season. Uh, let's rate their new livery out of ten. I'm going to go with a solid nine. Hmm. I think I'm going to do the same, but I might have a different opinion once we've seen all of them because I don't want to give it a ten just in case yeah. there's another one that comes round and it's like, well, that really is insane. So yeah, I'm going to go for a nine. But it could go up if we do. You, you genuinely sounded like you were on Strictly Come Dancing then, Casey. Okay, so you're not going to lie to you. The way you were kind of like, I'm going to give you a nine. Uh, we're going to wait for the other performances. Seven. Seven. <laughs> That's going to be such a oh, nice So joke, boomer. But... So boomer. Right, Tommy, sorry. I've already bottled it and gave the Red Bull a nine. So I have to give this one a 10. And now there's like, like say, there's no, there's no room now. It's 11 out of 10 next if someone... Which is what you uh, already rated the Aston Martin on your Twitter. I saw your tweet. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's, it's so good. The passion was <laughs> Tommy sounds like Kermit in your impression. <laughs> oh, oh, it's so good. Wait, what? That's not Kermit. <laughs> I cannot do impressions. Can you tell? <laughs> I don't even know who that was. I was like, like Yoda. <laughs> Love Aston, I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was good. That was good. That was very good. <laughs> right, oh, Jesus. Yeah, this already. podcast has gone gone off the rails. Uh, right, let's move on to Red Bull. They launched a car, as Tommy mentioned, uh, and it, but it was a show car. Katie is still laughing. Oh, sorry. Um, so yeah, Aston Martin was actually the first car that we've seen where it's the actual, or supposedly the actual car, or at least base car that they will be running uh, for the first part of the season before you know, R&D kicks in, research and development, and just changes the looks of them. But, yeah. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like leaving your keys in your car while you run into the petrol station for a snack. Most of the time, you're probably fine. But what if you come back to see someone driving off with your car? Why does everyone need a VPN? Well, every time you connect to an unencrypted network, cafes, hotels, airports, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data, passwords, financial details and so on. It doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack someone either. Just some cheap hardware is needed. A smart 12-year-old could do it. Your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling personal information on the dark web. Why use an ExpressVPN? 
It creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so hackers can't steal your sensitive data. It's super secure. It'll take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. It's easy to use. Fire up the app and click one button to get protected. And it works on all devices, phones, laptops, tablets and more so you can stay secure on the go. I love using ExpressVPN because I know my personal data is safe when using the internet. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash WTF1. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash WTF1. And you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash WTF1. We interrupt this WTF1 podcast. A very quick chat about one of our sponsors for this episode, LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Time spent searching for and interviewing candidates can take time away from managing and growing a business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get to the candidates worth interviewing faster and it's free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network with over 30 million people in the UK. Focus on candidates with the skills and experience you need. Use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster, and you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash WTF1. Again, that's linkedin.com slash WTF1 to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Team WTF1 member Claire Boyle asks or says, Christian openly admitted the RBA team will continue evolving and probably look completely different when they get to Bahrain for the first race. Oh, sorry. How much do you think that all? Oh, God, God. <laughs> How much do you think that will apply to other teams, particularly those with less resources like Haas? Or will they all look different because nobody is showing us their actual car? Well, Claire Boyle, if we had the answer, we would share it. Uh, however, all we can do is speculate on this podcast, and we we love a love a bit of speculation, a bit of guesswork. Um, but yeah, you'd you'd imagine, and I think for all teams, they are going to constantly change. Um, with the whole less resource thing, obviously there will be bits and bobs, but Formula One obviously have imposed a cost cap and there is a limit to the amount of money that teams can spend on cut their car, research, development, etc. Uh, so I wouldn't say that it puts people like Haas or teams like Haas on the complete back foot. You know, Haas have had an entire year last year to get ready for this year, so fingers crossed for them. Um, but and more winter yeah. no time. Yeah, see, it's big brain thinking from Gunther. They're gonna they're gonna come <laughs> out firing, uh, but no, fully expect. Uh, I, I seeing the Red Bull in a render, which looks, you know, will look nothing like the new car. I'm not surprised they didn't show anything because they're literally Red Bull and they won the world championship last year, and they're gonna hopefully for their sakes try and challenge again. So they just want to hide as much as possible. Aston Martin on the other hand are like, hey, look at us, we're here, and there were some noticeable features on that Aston Martin, like the we called them gills. That's the, the official uh, technical term for them. I now, don't, the gills. Yeah, which I don't think is is quite true. But it's interesting to see something like that because that is something new that we're now thinking, why so many gills? That's a great question. Um, but yeah, there's kind of two points to this question. I mean, Christian openly admitting that the RBA team will continue to evolve is a great way of getting out of just saying we've launched a really bog standard boring car because we want to keep our, clo- our cards close to our chest. There's keep definitely our something on. in the water today. <laughs> <laughs> keep our cards close to our chest. 
Um, and yesterday, although, you know, they had a nice stream going on and um, got a chance to speak to the drivers and all that kind of stuff, it was basically a big ad for like, hey, look, we've partnered with Oracle. Like, we didn't really get much from the actual car launch itself in terms of, you know, any crazy designs that Red Bull have gone for. It just very much was like a copy and paste of the uh, show car that got leaked a few uh, months ago. It's got, you know, slightly different nose to the... Um, What's it called, the animal with a big nose? Platypus. Platypus. <laughs> it's got a slightly different nose to that. But um, yeah, that's that was a bit of a disappointment, I'll be honest, because they've just roped everybody into like, look at this launch. And then it's like, well, we didn't really launch much, but it's one of those things. Um, and yeah, if it will apply to other teams, I think most teams are going to see how they get on in Barcelona testing. It could be that they're going to be bringing a hundred different upgrades um, for different parts of Barcelona testing, which might be one of the reasons why they don't want it televised. I don't know in case, you know, a McLaren could come out the pits, do a lap and then come back in and come back out looking like a completely different car with different parts on it. But um, yeah, I'm sure it's just going to be a bit of a guessing game, seeing what works because, you know, if something works well, maybe in the wind tunnel or through the sim, it might be slightly different to, you know, actually being out on the track. So we shall see. But yeah, I think it's just going to be constantly evolving until pretty much Abu Dhabi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had three very different launches in. Haas essentially was a render of a car that looks more like a real car, but it was a, obviously a render. But you could tell it wasn't just the 2021 show car, basically. Um it had unique features like those weird side pods and they'd done something a little bit different with their nose. Then you had Red Bull that, like you say, it was essentially an Oracle advert um, and they just painted their new livery on the show car. People, uh, you say it's different to that platypus. A lot of people were saying that the F1 Authentics car that got mm. leaked with the thinner nose, it is that car just painted. Yeah, uh, and they gave thinking. they gave those show cars out to the teams to take pictures and tees and stuff, and and it and it looks like Red Bull have literally painted the show car and gone here you go because it look it even looks like it's made of like it's not made of plastic but you know what I mean like it doesn't yeah it looks you can you can tell like it's not a real car and like the wheels won't move and stuff it's a model, um, so yeah they, they've completely gone that way in terms of hiding it. And then Aston Martin launched the real car. But then even then, they're probably hiding some things. I mean, someone uh, shared some of the renders that Aston Martin launched and has did this where they've clearly photoshopped uh, pull rod suspension instead of push rod and tried to change it to confuse teams. And Aston Martin did it on one side and either forgot to photoshop the other side or they've done it on purpose to not reveal too much. Um, but it's really funny how these teams uh, do everything they can to keep it a secret. But I mean, at least Aston, we did see something because those side pods are pretty crazy, aren't they? With the whatever you'd call it, like gills, a, gills. That what you're calling? Yeah, gills. So, yeah, <laughs> the, the, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna catch on. Uh, these are now it Formula is. One gills, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you make a valid point. Um, Next question is left underscore brigade. Why do a car launch if it's going to be a render and not the final product? Seems like the better PR would be to show what you got testing. Um, 
well, not not attesting if it's the first three days because it's not televised. So good luck with that one. Uh, no, I, I would argue that having your own day to launch a car is absolutely better PR than launching during testing when all teams are there and you don't have full focus or attention. And of course, car launches as well. You can't really do them properly at testing because they need to tick a lot of boxes for, for sponsors as well. So you can't really do that if you just go out the you know go out the pits and hey sort of thing so you know <laughs> they like to put it on show and and you know the the, the even the renders obviously you know make the sponsors pop and and whatnot so there are there are there's many many thoughts behind the reason they do renders and stuff like that and also it's a, it takes away because i guess with like you know doing an aston martin launch that does take up time and it takes up effort to go and do and not every team's going to be able to either afford to do that or be able to do that um, so no, I think that having your own day to do a car launch is absolutely better than, than launching a testing. Yeah. If teams got their way, they'd have, uh, I mean, essentially the more PR, the better, like that you want to keep showing it off because essentially doing it this way, you know, if they got their own way, they'd reveal the livery, uh, maybe in one thing, then the car at another event, and then they have they come out the pit lane and then they've got photos of that then so essentially you're just getting lots of lots of launches and the sponsors in the in the spotlight because like you say um like katie was saying as well like you know how much oracle uh how very oracle friendly that big car launch and that deal um we put it on the website is reported to be a hundred million dollars is it dollars or pounds dollar yeah dollars a year which might be the biggest uh sporting sponsorship deal in history or something which is absolutely insane so um yeah uh better pr is having (laughs) a big fancy launch that thousands and thousands of people tune into on youtube and online and everything like that and watch it and even if it is just a show car painted up and everyone's disappointed at the end They've still got their sponsors out there. So I'm sure the sponsors are more than happy with that. <laughs> and then people will then talk about them again when they reveal the real car. And it can be like, oh, they've got two gills. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell we're tech experts here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's a difficult one because if you have got 100 million just lying about like Red Bull have got now from this Oracle deal this year, you can put on a snazzy launch, get some presenters in, have some cool graphics. Like we had lasers going off on the Aston mm. Martin launch today. And I think, you know, with, with a big budget for things like that, because obviously showing off your car isn't going to come out of the budget cap. Um, why not make a big song and dance of it if you've got the resources? But for other teams, they won't have those resources. Um, like we said with Hass, it was kind of just like, here's four images, do what you want with them. They just got dumped on Twitter at, what was it, like 11 o'clock or something. Um, so I don't know if there's going to be any other teams. I mean, I'm assuming like Ferrari are going to be able to put on some sort of show because they're not short of Wonga. <laughs> um, same with Mercedes, things like that. Um, but yeah, one thing I have noticed this year, though, and I don't know if maybe it's just because I'm aware of it or if there has actually been quite a shift, is normally launches happen quite European time. So it's like eight in the morning, nine in the morning. Um, but this year we're seeing a lot more that are in the afternoon, in the evening here in the UK. I mean, tomorrow we have McLaren at 7 p.m. in the UK. Today, Aston was at 2 um rebel at four so i wonder if they're doing that to sort of cater for this new u.s audience that we've had come in 
Um, because one thing that I always feel bad for is like the Aussies or um, people from New Zealand or, you know, countries like that, um, some parts of Asia where, you know, they don't get, unless they're up at 4am, like hardcore fans and fair play to you if that's what you're, what you're doing, um, you know, they're going to be missing out on this. So by adjusting the launch times, hopefully it makes it more accessible for a bigger audience of people. Yeah. But not Australia. <laughs> yeah, I think, Australia. I think it's based yeah. on who they've got. So I imagine Red Bull wanted to do it later because of Perez, because of the Mexico. Mexico. And then yeah. uh, obviously McLaren are launching their mega launch where they're doing their IndyCar as well. So there'll be some US interest there. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe... Um, Alfa Romeo do like a ridiculously early launch for Chinese uh, time. Mm, That's, yeah. There's a prediction for you. <laughs> you can tell it's the off season, can't you? Prediction for when one, they'll launch. One thing I really wish I'd put in the car launch bingo that happened in the Aston Martin launch, by the way, that you guys noticed was um, the F1 teams at car launches love a countdown. And then the countdown is not to reveal the car. It's like a light show or something. Yeah. It was like 10 nine and you were like counting down and then it was like light show light show for another five minutes and yeah. then we'll reveal the car uh, yeah it. it's brilliant that was a good light show though to be fair i really enjoyed yeah, that good. uh from yeah, aston steering wheel yeah i know it was like random shapes i was like oh, wait no it's an f1 car oh my god here we go <laughs> uh right so next question is from brando foxy yt i actually really enjoyed this question should there be some sort of system in place where teams have to run different liveries every year I don't know. I just get bored quite easily, I guess. I just, I just <laughs> <laughs> Tommy was just drinking for audio listeners. That was a terrible time for that. He's muted, so you can't hear him laughing because he was uh, having a swig. But um, yeah, so that that's I just I love the end of that. It's amazing. I don't know. I just get bored quite easily, I guess. Um, no, I don't think so. And I think Tommy will absolutely be on the same bandwagon where he'll be like, "Good lord, what are you talking about, Red Bull? Are you kidding me?" Like. They, they, they shouldn't have to change their livery because it's iconic. And I guess if you were to implement that kind of system, where's the where's the line? What? How much of a percentage do, do they need to change for their livery each year? Um, and I think that is probably the biggest branding nightmare you could possibly think of when, you know, the Ferraris, the Mercedes, everyone that's in the t- in the in Formula One. Ferrari wants... can't be red. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they... they they implement this and you know brainwash us into thinking of certain colors for their brands and stuff like that and and that's why they run the same thing a lot of the time because it's it's iconic and it sticks with people so i don't think so brando um i appreciate your suggestion and i also appreciate you letting us know that you get bored quite easily um so hopefully so they've so they probably yeah. not made it 40 minutes into this podcast yet yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter <laughs> brando when you eventually listen to this <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm very excited to hear hopefully what will be a Tommy rant in answer to this question. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, keep it as is because for certain teams, you know, like Alfa Romeo, for example, they're going to be quite stretched to come up with something completely revolutionary because their colouring is like white and burgundy or whatever it might be. Might be able to chuck a bit of green in there, you know, spice it up. But then that might take away from the one-off liveries that we get. Um, and we have actually been quite spoiled in recent years. Obviously, we had um, the pink racing points, uh, which were originally Force India, then became racing points. So that went through a change. And then they obviously became Aston Martin. And we had 
Renault turning to Alpine. So we've had quite a lot of big shakeups over the last few years, um, changes of color palettes on teams and stuff. So I, I see where you're coming from, Brando, but um, I think leave and be. Yeah, agreed. There's not, oh. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, like, yeah, they, they can't, that one, this literally can't happen because like you say, like Ferrari and all, all that kind of stuff, you know, you can, you can have it like, I feel like the perfect thing for teams is, you know, you keep your core colors and your branding, but then you maybe do the odd tweak every now and then uh, just to like spice it up a little bit. But no, you can't be having like, no, you cannot, you must change your, your livery at the end of the day. And that's part of the fun, isn't it? Of like knowing that some teams might change and then it makes it more special when, you know, Aston Martin, we all knew that BWT was going and it's like, Oh, are we going to get the the new colors and things like that? So that's part of the uh, the fun is, you know, the disappointment that comes uh, with it as well. <laughs> the disappointment. I love it. Yeah, there's there's plenty of disappointment where people think it's going to be something crazy, and it's absolutely not. Uh, Dal Dax F1 asks, why is every car matte? Well, Dal Dax F1. The That's reason, <laughs> the reason uh, is not purely because they love the matte finish. It's because matte is actually a lighter paint than gloss or the light, a lighter finish than, than gloss so i think it was 2019 ferrari moved from a gloss finish to a matte finish and they even said it wasn't down to it being uh because of a you know because of a, the look or whatever that, that it was purely for performance so um, that's why teams have come for that because if a car weighs a bit more just to look better it's not going to be worth it because they won't be getting the results that they maybe want. So every thousandth matters. We all know this. I also have some insider gossip that that is also the smallest part of it. And it's also because sponsors, it stands out more. Um, and the the teams and the sponsors now request it. Um, someone that I know that's done uh, liveries for like F1 has told me that essentially like it's almost requested now for a matte finish because if you look at like the red bull and how much the sponsors pop if you're a if you're a sponsor you know you want your your logo to be nice and present but while we love the i don't know the chrome vodafone mclaren you think all those like black logos on that chrome you couldn't see them same with uh, aston martin was glossy last year and it kind of looked black and you couldn't see a lot of the the coloring and stuff so I think I've also heard that it's also to do with the fact that it just makes the sponsors uh, better as well, as well as the win, weight win. saving. So win-win, yeah. It's a shame because, yeah, sometimes a gloss finish can look quite cool, but I can't imagine we'll ever go back to anything else now because that's the way it is. Yeah, I have nothing really to add. We'll just leave it that's to you guys. That's just the way it is. I prefer, <laughs> prefer the matte look though, so... I'm happy if they all yeah. become that. Oh, perfect. I think photographers hate them, though, because they're not great to photograph, apparently. Poor, poor photographers. Uh, poor thing. <laughs> poor didums. Poor thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, and finally, in this podcast, uh, just moving away from car launches very briefly, to speak about Lando Norris and the new contract that he has signed with McLaren until 2025. Uh, and I guess we're going to pose the question whether it was a good move or not. I think that it's it's a big commitment, but this seems to be almost like a running trend now with teams where 
a young driver has performed really well and they're like, yeah, we're going to snap you up for 25 years. Because I mean, Charles Leclerc's obviously in a big contract with, with Ferrari. You've got uh, now Lando with, with McLaren and, and yeah, it's, it's mad. The teams can obviously see the potential and know that it's much more beneficial for them to build a future around a driver that they know is talented and has the potential rather than, you know, give a one year contract and not ever really have that, that sort of foundation for the driver to build on as well. Like, you know, you, you could, you could argue that if Bottas has been given maybe more um, sort of safety uh, over his career, maybe he would have performed better. Um, but instead he was on like a rolling one year contract, wasn't he? So I think it's a good, a good move. Lando's a, a top talent and we, I think we all agree that he will be a race winner and will fight for titles. So well, I didn't, I missed that. What were you, were you laughing at, Tommy? I'm laughing because Tommy's on mute and I can see Frank is barking away. He's going oh, absolutely. Is, oh yeah, Frank is absolutely <laughs> losing case. his mind. That's incredible. <laughs> In which case, Katie, what's your thoughts? On I that? will take over from this, but yeah. Um, I think personally, if I was Lando Norris, I mean, there'd be a lot of very weird things if I suddenly became Lando Norris, but I would probably stick with my current contract just for a little bit longer because at the end of 2023, which is when, like when his first contract was announced before Monaco last year, it was a multi-year deal, although it was heavily hinted that it was till the end of 2023. And if you're in Lando's shoes, you've got to think, if Sergio Perez doesn't perform this year, there might be a space at Red Bull. If Lewis Hamilton decides that he is going to bow out of Formula One, that's when his current contract ends. So there could be a seat at Mercedes. And there's going to be quite a lot of shuffling about of things for the 2024 grid that I would have liked to have kept my options open. But I can see why he has done it because he seems very well cemented in that McLaren team. You know, they they clearly vibe very well together. Um, all of Lando's fan base is like really gets on with McLaren and how they interact with them on social. And obviously it's a fast car with the Mercedes PU in the back. So I can see why he's done it, but if I was Ando, I would have just waited out a little bit longer, I think. Yeah, he's one of those... Oh, thanks, Frank. I'll <laughs> you talk, you talk. Point. I'll continue with my point whilst Frank the dog is absolutely losing his mind. Maybe he wants to give his opinions on Lando's uh, contracts until 2025. Uh, you make a good point, Katie, to be fair, about uh, leaving your options open. I think that McLaren seems to be a team, obviously, in the ascendancy. You know, Zach Brown has very much turned that team around, hasn't he? So... I think for Lando and maybe his personality, he very much would just want that foundation around him. That's kind of my understanding and thinking around it is that Lando would rather build with McLaren that he's very familiar with now. You know, he's very, he's been. He's a loyal boy. Yeah, he's so loyal. He's loyal that. until they're rubbish. Then maybe he'll, he won't be there till 2025. We'll <laughs> see. But um, Tommy, let's get your thought, thoughts finally. Yeah. Frank, it's... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a risk to do it before we've seen the new regs. Obviously, if McLaren flop or or, ev or even... Uh, there must be, sorry, there must be some kind of get-out clause for him, though, with the 2025. Yeah, I'm sure term. there'll be something. But yeah, the the fact that, say, say nothing changes, which is obviously everyone's fear, and Mercedes and Red Bull still win every race by quite a long way and no one can get anywhere near them. You've essentially just signed a deal where I think a lot of people will agree that when Lewis Hamilton does decide to go, I think Lando's got to be one of those drivers that Mercedes would at least consider. So um, then you'd be like, oh, I'm missing out on a top team. But then I guess the argument is, and why he wants to stay is because, you know, even if Red Bull, like there's rumors that like Red Bull might want him, but I mean, 
are you going to go want to go up against Max in Max's team? Are you going to go want to go to Mercedes when George has been there for two, three years, even when Hamilton does leave? That might be George's team by then. So with McLaren, it's we all thought it was going to be Danny Rick's team, but I think it's the opposite now. Like mm. that McLaren and Lando, they just seem made for each other. And it just seems seems right, doesn't it? That, that was, they that was lovely. Yeah. Was but but it does, it does. Yeah, it does just seem like right that he stays there. And like you said, it's like it's a mix of everything, not just performance, but like that he's happy there and that that kind of thing as well. So let's hope that they're good for his sake because he's a good enough driver to win races and maybe championships, but obviously he needs the car to do it in. So we shall see. We shall. Lovely stuff. And I can't wait to see. (laughs) I actually have a final thought today. Oh, wow. Um, I I just dropped it so quick. I didn't even let you think about it and you'd prepare damn but this is more of a final thought for people watching us on youtube and that is today i don't know if you can see it but i've matched my clothing to the aston martin launch Woohoo! sorry Matt, because i wasn't impressed that's that, my final thought wait, i just matched it what do you mean like it's green a is green it? top i've got on. oh it is yeah. green it's last year's aston because it looks black but uh under a certain light there go i've gone for the 2021 Aston livery today. Amazing. Wow. You Katie is the 2021 thoughts. Aston Martin. Amazing. Confirmed. Rubbish. <laughs> uh, Tommy, final thoughts? Uh, goodbye, everyone. Have a wonderful time. <laughs> <laughs> At least mine was different, all right? Oh, you're so predictable. <laughs> now, what's your final everyone. thought? <laughs> My final thought is, wow, Aston Martin, you really pulled out the absolute stops this year. Not with a huge, huge overhaul on the livery, but a striking one all the same. Oh, so what, I what oh, one thought. Stop uh teams, stop leaking your own cars. <laughs> Fair. That's true. Yeah, uh, Aston accidentally posted their own car, didn't they? Yeah, at it's like 2 the PM. Martin account. Um it's not even like a random fan that some you know, where they like go into a a code of the website or whatever and find it when it's the own channel. Uh, and then Red, dear, Bull did, Red Bull did the same. They uploaded their images of the card to the content. Are they doing on, uh, I, I, it can, you can tell there's so many people in these teams that, that there's just one person that's like, oh, I'll, I'll upload that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, right. two, two o'clock is when we're yeah, going two to o'clock. launch. Yeah, okay, cool. Live. Has no idea. Like, the, the, the not the social like, post. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you for that final thought, Tommy. Eventually got it out of you. <laughs> and thank you for Frank for interrupting this podcast. Oh, uh, and as thank always. you to everybody else for watching and listening. Uh, hashtag WT4 podcast. If you want to get involved in the conversation, Frank's already grumbling. I can hear him in the background. And uh, yeah, that is pretty much it. Thank you so much for watching, listening. Give us a f- thumbs up, five star rating, wherever you are, please do. And uh, is that podcast award still going? Is that thing still going? Yeah, I don't know if we're still winning or yeah. not. So I know the website the please, doesn't please, really work. Please every time for I... us on the sports awards. Was it the sports awards podcast? Or I think yeah, and I think sports, sports podcast, podcast award award or awards dot com. We'll put a link to it. But it's actually good that we're saying it like this because yeah. only like a few people will trickle through, and maybe the website won't break. So there yeah, you go. and also it doesn't see appear to work on mobile very well, which is also not. Not ideal. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, Fantastic. So if you can load your Windows your XP. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Send us mic signal. It'll yeah. go far. Yeah. Just right. bombard them with letters and say okay. WTF1 should win. There we go. There you go. Easy peasy. Lovely Fill stuff. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Frank. And thank you to you guys at home or wherever you are watching. Goodbye. <laughs>